Welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Over the next hour, you will hear raw, honest, and inspiring conversation between Lindsay and her guests, discussing how to thrive, live joyfully, and abundantly in spite of life's challenges. Now, here is your host, Lindsay McCowan. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I'm your host, Lindsay McCowan, and you're listening here on the Voice Empowerment Channel, Voice America Empowerment Channel. (laughs) And so... Are you a woman who feels that the current model for living, loving, and leading is outdated, limited, and unable to take you to the next evolutionary level? Now, I know I feel that way. And I also sometimes struggle with really wanting big change in my life, but not really knowing how to do that or what to do or where to find the resources to guide me into this new way of being and how to really create this long-lasting lasting and sustainable happiness that my heart craves. So today, we are going to have a very special guest who's going to be our guide to answering some of these deeper questions. And before I invite this incredible woman onto the show, we're going to do what we always do, which is just drop in to our hearts and take several breaths so that we can connect to each other, even though we are many, many miles apart. We are here in this space energetically. So just take a moment to stop whatever you're doing. If it's safe, just close your eyes and just take a moment to connect to your heart. You can place your hand upon your chest and then start to take deep, full breaths into the body. A smooth inhale and a complete exhale and just allowing the breath to be this tether that pulls you from all the outer distractions and busyness of your life to the abode of the heart where there is some stillness and peace and a deep well of wisdom that is just waiting for you to tap into. And as you connect to your heart, just sense, what do you feel that missing link is? We all want happiness, but what is it within you that you feel is missing? And if you don't know, that's okay. Just breathing into the heart space and allowing the heart just to have some presence for you in this moment. Take another breath in and out. And then when you're ready, just make your way back. It only takes a couple seconds to connect connection with our heart, with each other, with our breath. And now we're ready, or at least I'm ready. It's always, always need that drop in right at the beginning, just so I could be really fully present with our guests and with all the listeners here on Women Thriving Unapologetically. And today I am joined by Suzanne Anderson. She's the founder of The Mysterial Woman, a psychologist, coach, leadership consultant, and transformational teacher. And she's the co-author of The Way of the Mysterial Woman, which I am devouring right now. It's an amazing book. And Suzanne is a pioneer in guiding women to awaken their full feminine and masculine strengths, combining insights, practices that include ancient wisdom, depth psychology, modern neuroscience. And I'm so excited that she is here today to help us understand how we can create a new model, one that is emerging throughout the world and is in the missing link to sustainable growth, happiness, 
and a new way of leading and upgrading the way we live, love, and lead. So thank you for being here, Suzanne. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. My pleasure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, uh, there's there's so many places I want to start, but let's let us start here. I feel like the statistics in the World Health Organization are just skyrocketing right now with um, statistics around anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. And they're at an all-time high. And a lot of Western women are feeling like burnt out mm-hmm. and the symptoms of burnout, like just this depersonalization, being depleted, exhausted, they're confused, they're discontent. And yet they have so much at their fingertips, more than they've ever had. In your book, The Way of the Mysterious Woman, you start out by saying, look at where we've come from the 1960s to where we are now. And yet we're feeling all of these I mean, for me, sometimes it feels like, um, I don't want to say scarcity and lack, but this yearning, like there's something that's missing. Mm -hmm. So can we start here and just um, maybe talk about where this discontent and this yearning at the same time is coming from? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Um, That's a, that's the great, that's a good place to start because I think it's really helpful for women right now to, to have a sense of the landscape of this moment, and you listed the statistics very well. Um, <clears throat> I like to think of this as those statistics, let's say, as a, a signal of something new trying to come in. In other words, we have run the distance on a particular operating system. I use this language of the computer because it's under so understandable. How do you, you know, the metaphor? Um, we've we wired together in a certain way, and actually we've been inside a, a masculine model of wholeness for over 5,000 years now. We know that. And so naturally, some of our ways of thinking, ways of seeing ourselves, ways of seeing the world are very much inside of that model, and they're simply not a match for these times. This is the main probably place to start because the missing link you could say to happiness, which is I think how we framed this conversation, is not an external something you have to add on to this outdated operating system. It's actually an upgrade that is needed so that we are a match for what the world is, the complexity of the world today. So, you know, the the, uh, saying by, um, it's, it's been well quoted many times by Einstein, that we're not, you know, the consciousness of that we have today is not a match for the consciousness we had that created the world that we have right now. You know, we actually have to upgrade our consciousness to be ready to solve those problems. So that's the place to start, I think, which is, it's it's sort of, otherwise women think I've done something wrong. How, how come I'm not feeling happy? Why isn't this satisfying? Why am I burning out? Maybe I need to do more than I need to get a better diet. I need to get a, you know, be different in my relationship. I need to, you know, do, 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 do. And then we're in the same little rat race. Yeah. And so why is this masculine structure, this masculine system not working for us right now? Yeah. Well, it, and, and also I, I will just say, you know, my, my view, and I'd say anyone who's in that world of the developmental unfolding or evolutionary psychology or evolutionary biology would, would say that's just how, you know, 
any kind of developmental move goes. In other words, if the masculine as a dominant force uh, wasn't always the case. There was a very big wave for quite some period of time that we would call more of a yin energy when we were very clan-based, earth-based, you know, um, connected to the body, connected to ritual and rites of passage and so on. But then the developmental move had us come into some of the more masculine, yang ways of being in the world. And that was a move forward as far as culture goes. But right now, those... Well, let me give you an example of um, the limitation, let's say, of just the masculine parts of ourselves driving the world. When we were doing writing the book, <clears throat> we started looking around at what are all the, the leadership, what's the research that says, you know, how we might best be a match for these times? Like, what are the capacities that are actually needed right now? to be a match for, for what's... So they, the, the list were things like adaptability um, and the ability to be with ambiguity and change, uh, the, the capacity to hold paradox, the ability to build strategic alliances with others, uh, network thinking. So these are all things you could say, whoa, okay, that's going to require more than just power over agency, get things done, make things happen, right? This is what we would call now, and after years of research, I understand now more, this is the feminine aspect that is needing to come online now, to come together with the masculine, which has to do with multidimensional knowing, connecting to different ways of knowing than just the mind, has to do with being able to collaborate and connect with others and create fields of understanding not just my understanding the individual silo. Um, so in a way, the it isn't even just about the swing all the way over to the feminine, I'll just say, Lindsay, because sometimes, I mean, maybe that's, there's a kind of balancing out where there's a swing now and everything is going to be feminine. But that's not sufficient either. We actually need these two, these forces, both of them, to befriend them, to clean and clear the shadows that have, you know, gathered momentum in terms of how we relate to these forces in our own psyche and soma. So what I'm hearing is like we we moved from like an, a feminine epic and then we moved into a mass a more masculine time period because we needed that from an evolutionary approach to like we really needed to evolve and we needed that the the masculine characteristics or traits to help us evolve in a particular way. But now we're kind of at another evolutionary edge where we need um, a new upgrade. And it's not just about going back to the feminine. It's about upgrading both masculine and feminine together so that we can uplevel our consciousness to meet the times that we're living in. Is that yeah, that's a good a, way? Nicely summarized. Yeah, because the, the um, uh, and this was the research we did. When I came to start into this inquiry, it was because... I was in the masculine domain of leadership consulting at that time. This was the late 90s. And the women that were um, at the leadership, that I, the level of leadership I was working at, were absolutely suffering, were not able to make the changes that were being asked of them in terms of how they led. They'd learned how to lead to become one of the boys. 
that was working really well for a while. And all of a sudden, the world exploded where you, there was no longer, you couldn't have all the same kind of bureaucratic structures, you know, things had to, to get more nimble. But women actually couldn't make the changes and they were suffering. And I thought, there's something wrong with this. It seems like women should be able to collaborate and connect and want to share power. And that was my understanding naively. Um, and when I, and I thought, okay, there's an issue here that we need to figure out an answer to, which is what is trying to happen for women right now? And I went into it initially thinking, okay, what are the new behavioral skills we need to teach to women? And discovered that was not the point. It was actually more at this level of not adding more software, but this identity level that had to do with a developmental move. And I could see women were actually stalled developmentally inside that masculine model of wholeness. And just like we developed from since we were babies all the way up to, you know, adult, to late adulthood, this was a profound developmental move that was actually trying to happen. And that's what I spent 10 years with many colleagues trying to, trying to understand. It's interesting that you say, you know, I mean, as you're talking, I, I really resonate with this. Um, I mean, I haven't been in the corporate world, but I do consider myself an entrepreneur and I'm, I'm, you know, been working towards creating a, a successful and sustainable business for quite some time. And for quite some time, all the strategies that I've been learning just don't feel right to me. And there's something about it that just never seems to line up. And I never feel as if what is being offered to me now as a strategy or a framework to grow um, really is aligned with what wants to emerge from within me. And it just gets really confusing and I get pulled back into the, <clears throat> I'm not doing enough or I must be doing it wrong or something that's wrong with me. Or if I just would have tried harder, it would have worked. But every time I do that, then I get burnt out and then I'm exhausted. And so I feel myself kind of stuck in this like loop. And I'm like, how the frick do I get out of this? Yeah, no, that's exactly, I I hear this all the time, and I really want to empathize with that stuckness that women are feeling because there aren't that many models going forward of of something different. And the, and the, there's there's sometimes I like to think of these moments of change. There's always the combination. I mean, of potent change, of tension. I mean, you could say the old way of being, wanting to hold you the way that you are, and then there's this momentum, like some, what you described earlier, of a desire for something different. I really want something different, and I can't get there from here. And this is something that um, is, is fundamental to our work and, and is based, actually, on the understanding that Robert Keegan, who's a psychologist at Harvard, a developmental psychologist, outlines in his, his work, and he calls it the immunity to change. And let's just land that here, for, um, you know, for our listeners, because it's really... It, important for us to understand that this is a wonderful function of, of our psyche that we sometimes I use the metaphor of we have the sailboat we've set the sails we know we want to go to this mountain out there you know that's that desire and longing and I want to be you know running a business in this way and do it and you know be in the world making an impact in this sort of sense I'm all set to go I catch the wind and I get just so far, and then, whoa, there's this anchor line that grabs me, seems to grab me and stop me. And this is what we said in what we wrote about 
the, the call today, you know, that you go and you set your New Year's resolutions for the year, and then uh, you come back a year later and you go, what happened? Uh, why didn't that happen? Well, this is because down that anchor line, there is an anchor. And those anchors, an anchor in this metaphor, um, are the old ways of being that are hardwired together deep under the waterline of consciousness, so in the unconscious. That's our own personal codes for being, and that's also the collective unconscious. So we've gathered these over millennia, and they, many of them are outdated. So until you do the deep sea diving, and that has to be done in a, and that's the work we've figured out and that we do in our programs, it's how to very precisely unhook from those old codes. One of which you just mentioned, which is in the first archetype in our archetypal pathway, uh, and the first archetype is the mother, and the, and the old code is, I am not enough. Mm-hmm. Now, that's not just mental. It's actually coded in the body, encoded in the heart. And until you start to befriend it, because we're not going down to yank out the anchor, because it held us, it, it was, you know, there for a good reason. We actually want to befriend the energy or the part of ourselves that got split off into that shadow place. And that's the nature of the work. So, so I think, you know, what you're surfacing here is super important, that the immunity to change is not a mistake, you know, or a problem. That, you know, that's that sense of, I've done it wrong as a woman. It's that we're actually being asked to do another level of work to be a match for these times and for our longing. More work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. And you know what? That's the, that's the, the hard thing. And I will say even in, in, my, in my programs, because we want this fast solution. You know, give me something really quick that will take care of it. My programs, and one, the next one actually launching in February, is they're 15 months long. And it isn't quick, but they are life-changing because you can make a quick mental change. You know, you can have an idea and say, put an affirmation on the mirror and say it every day to yourself. But for the code to literally be metabolize the old code and the new ones come online that does take time in the body takes time in the heart and and you know i want to say work but it's it's work that yeah yeah it's work that pays off it's the best way i can say it well and and for everyone that's listening this oh that's a really long period of time but how many years have you been repeating the same patterns and habits and and you wanting the quick fix and then a year goes by and you're like, oh my gosh, I really haven't made progress or I'm not as happy as I thought I'd be or I'm not fulfilling what I believe to be my my purpose. And it just happens over and over again. So if a 15-month journey can change the coding within yeah. you to unhook you from or release you from those anchors that are keeping you, you know, I don't want to say dragging bottom, but sometimes I feel like I'm dragging bottom. (laughs) And then why not? You know, why not free yourself? You you have to think about what you were just saying. What's it costing you to stay stuck? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, there's no, you know, sometimes people say, well, I just don't know if this is the time. And I think the world is so unstable. I promise you the world is going to become more unstable. We are, this is, these are the times 
we are in right now, there's a massive change going on. And if we see ourselves as women on the edge of evolution, playing a part in shaping the changes, then we know we have to be ready for the instability of the world. There's no better, there's no good time, you could say. And, and we are very good, I think, women at putting ourselves very last on that list of things we'll take care of. I had a, just um, someone who was just in the last program and just did a testimonial that we put up on the website. She's 30, early 30s. And the way she described it, which I thought was beautiful, was that, you know, there were all these different directions her life could take. And she was in the question, you know, do I just sort of let my life go on for 20 years and then do the work? Um, because there are women in our programs, that, you know, from, yeah, early 30s all the way to, to late 70s. So it's quite a mix. Um, she's at the younger end. And, and her experience was the changes that she made now have changed, as she said, the trajectory of her life. Yes. So we could say we have these probability paths. They're all out there, how our lives will unfold. But we can be on a path. We can actually choose a path that's more aligned with our true nature. And this is the invitation of the evolutionary unfolding. It isn't just the work we're doing for the sake of, you know, the unfolding of the human species or the planet or the cosmos. It's actually that there's a deep fulfillment when we are more connected to our authentic nature our true nature and the the old habitual ways of being these that as i say are deeply coded in the unconscious those trauma the the earlier trauma patterns that have kept us hostage when those are metabolized and we have access to that essence there's such a deep fulfillment to be streaming it into the world mm. with all the uncertainty with you know, not knowing we're making the world up. You know, we start to be the women making this this world up rather than the ones just at the effect of the world. I love so many things about what you said. And, you know, we're at our first break right now, but you know, just this idea that if we if we dive in and do this deeper work and start to change the coding and free ourselves, what can happen is we become more steady in the chaos of life and then we can really choose and not be a victim to our past, but we, I don't really like to use the word victim, but we are not at the whim of our past, like we can choose the trajectory of our life after that and and not just be pulled by the chaos that's all around us, but we can be the steadying point in that. So I'd love to talk a little bit more about that when we come back. So if you're listening, please stay with us because we are having an amazing conversation with Suzanne Anderson, the author of The Way of the Mysterial Woman, and we'll be right back after this short break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life 
and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello and welcome back everyone to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And this is Women Thriving Unapologetically. And so I'm excited to continue this conversation with Suzanne Anderson, the author, co-author of The Way of the Mysterial Woman. And before the break, we were having a conversation about the importance of doing this deep inner work for women specifically so that we can unhook ourselves from our past that continuously keeps us repeating the same patterns and habits that doesn't serve our greater unfolding in the way that we want to live and love and lead in this, um, this emergent times. So... Suzanne, you know, we were talking, you touched a little bit on um, archetypes. You mentioned the mother in the first, um, the first segment mm-hmm. of the show, but can we just go back and just explain a little bit about the, um, the archetypal structure that you work with and the importance of working with archetypes? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Yes, that's the, uh, that was the, what well, we spent years actually figuring out, so 10 years, in fact, um, in our programs, which we were very deliberate about embedding in universities so that this consideration and exploration of women and development wouldn't get put over into the, into the eddy and eddy somewhere, but be more mainstream. And we were surprised as we started to work with hundreds of women who came through the programs and looking for what opened the pathway, what kind of opened the door for women to um, as I've said, upgrade the inner operating system to start to experience themselves more fully and then build the capacities that were a match for the time. And what started to show itself was, well, we, we realized, okay, we have to, what is feminine and what is masculine? First of all, there were some very simplistic views of feminine and masculine. And the very first thing we saw was, well, actually feminine, we have to break that down. There's a, a more static form of feminine, and there's a more dynamic form of feminine, and they get mushed together, and then we can't really see how to relate to those forces. Um, and then same thing with the masculine. There's a more dynamic and a more static form of the masculine. Um, and then we realized, okay, so most of this work is not going to be, it's, it's going to have to involve what we don't know, not just what the conscious mind knows, as, as I said before, not just skill building. So then we have to go under the waterline. How do you work with the unconscious, which is, you know, that part of us that the conscious mind does not want a relationship with? And Carl Jung was the one to bring in the idea of archetypes. So these, this idea that there are these, you could say, energetic patterns, almost magnetic patterns in the unconscious that the personality kind of, you could think of the personality as little magnetic uh, iron filings sort of cohere around. And what we began to see was there were these very distinct, very primary archetypal energies starting to show up in the women that we were working with. 
And then we began to see, oh, these actually follow a developmental pathway, like from when we were going from when we are babies all the way up through adulthood. So the first one in this series of five is the mother archetype. And that archetype takes us into when the connection with ourselves, the ground of our being, our enoughness. The limiting code there is that's down in the, the DNA. Uh, I am not enough. And the liberating code that starts to come online when the work is done is I am enough just as I am. There's a, there's a capacity to learn how to rest into being. But then we began to see, okay, so we can't just work with that sense of my own enoughness on its own without dealing with the other end. There was this other end that kept showing itself, which was the masculine end of this first polarity, which was the hero archetype. So it's a dynamic form of the masculine. And the limiting code there is I have to do to be of value. Limiting, clearly connecting to the limiting code of the mother. I'm not enough and I have to do to be of value. The liberating code for the hero is I am empowered to do what is mine to do. So can I just ask one quick question? When I was reading through the the limiting beliefs and the, I was like, can you have all of them (laughs) at once? And so if, because I feel like both of those are true. So they're actually linked together. Right. So if and you could problem, like, go ahead. Yeah, the issue is that, that until the, I would say this map, what this book gives you and what our work gives you is a map um, that you can follow. And what I think just working at the other, at the end of the mother, which is a lot of people, I want to go back to the feminine. I want to go back and remother myself and become, you can do as much of that as you want. And that's what we found in our research. Women were doing that. That's where we started. But until we worked with the shadow at the other end of this, you know, pattern that's been around for 5,000 years, I have to do to be of value. We weren't going to get any traction either way. So both have to happen. And in, um, that sets up, actually, the next move, which is to the second polarity. Can I give you oh, those yes. next two? Yeah. Please do. And this was, this was you know, uh, I will say a surprise to us also. <laughs> the polarities, they showed themselves to us. So we didn't invent them. I'd say we just, like an archaeologist, you just dust them off and see them. Uh, the second polarity is, you know, after, let's say, that move in, in our own development where a woman goes into the world and, you know, goes to school and gets a... Uh, her her life on track and that sort of heroic energy. But at a certain point, you want to build the structures of an adult life. You can't just keep, you know, doing things in a million different directions. And that archetype is a little different flavor of the masculine. We call that the static masculine. And the archetype there is the father. That father archetype where you actually build the, the healthy structures of an adult life. And you know how to create order and systems of belonging. Now, the limiting code there is I do not belong. And it's, you know, that's deep in many of us are, are trying to fit into these patterns that just are not fully us, whether that was in your family or in culture itself. And then the, the liberating code is I am at home in myself and naturally belong. You can kind of feel how different that is. But that's a big piece of work because that's where we're stalled in culture right now is that the father archetype. It's massive, the patriarchy. The other end of that polarity is the dynamic form of the feminine, which is the maiden's expression. 
And that is that, uh, you know, desire to express ourselves, to be spontaneous, to shake things up, to break things up. And we see this playing out in the world where those, that force has come in. It came in here in the, in Western culture in the sixties, the, the whole women's revolution, you know, the back to the land sexual revolution. Um, and that shaking up, however, in the, without understanding that it's connected to the polarity of the father, you can, you know, that's often the desire. I want to be free. And so we leave our relationships and our workplaces and our, you know, we just burn the barn down. Um, when actually this force is trying to come on in, online in a, in a more um, balanced way in relationship to the masculine structures of the father in our lives. So that's the second polarity. Anything you want to add there before we go to the last one? Um, you know, I, I keep coming back to this feeling that, you know, maybe the, dis, the disruption that sometimes I'm feeling in me is because I have all of these things happening at once. There's, I have this push pull of the mother, the hero, the father, and it never feels like when you're talking, it's not just one thing happening inside me at any given time. It's they're all, that there are parts of me that are having a conversation and trying to pull me in one direction or push me in another direction. And sometimes it can be like a little maddening. Um, And is that a common thing that most women feel that come through your program? Yeah, very, yes, very much so. That all of these, because they're all looking for the upgrade. You know, you could say all of these forces in our psyche and soma are seeking a, a, a fuller expression. You know, we want access to the capacities that the mother gives us. We want to be able to be self-compassionate, to have compassion for others, to take care of ourselves and the world and rest into being and value being as much as doing. We want that. But we also want to know what is ours to do as the hero and be able to move into the world with agency and not capitulate and not be the power over person and not be exhausted all the time. Mm-hmm. And then the second polarity, you know, we want this, the, the maiden end of it, we want to be free to express ourselves, we want to have our voice and have our sexual wild feminine nature. But we also want to make a contribution in the world to fit in be in systems of belonging to make a difference to have order and, and sustainability in our lives. So all of those are true. Now, what I would say, and this is what we call the mysterious sequence, I would always say, Women actually first started coming into the, this work with the maiden energy waking up because that's what's waking up in culture right now. I just want to be free. I just know there's some new way to express myself and I feel so stuck and limited. And And we would always say, okay, if you're going to come into this program for the period of time that you're in it, we're going to ask you not to leave that marriage job, you know, whatever it is. Just that's the crucible, the cauldron right now that's heating up. We want you to be in that unless it's dangerous, as a, because there, wherever you go, there you are. We want to see, you want to be able to see the way you've constructed reality that is leading to this situation the way it is, so that you can set yourself free, and this is what happens. Now, very often, in fact, the opposite happens. Women are very different in their relationships. They don't always leave them, of course. They don't always leave the job. In fact, they finally get promoted, maybe. Or they do choose to leave, but they leave on different grounds to start something that's more aligned with who they are and not just reactionary. But we always say you have to start. Even if you come in with this maiden desire, you start with the mother. That, that's the deepest and oldest in us. Yeah. 
And I can see why that would be so important because if you're, if the limiting belief there is that I am not enough, that's going to have, you know, roots in every other stage in your life. Absolutely. And it pings up to the, so let me just bring in the fifth archetype now. Um, And she is the, uh, uh, this archetype I feel is trying to come in in culture right now. It's essential that it's come, we call it the crone archetype, the wise woman archetype, the sage. It's been trying to come in as we know. It's tried before and, and gotten burnt at the stake. And, but it's actually essential now. And this archetype cannot come in in its fullness, uh, in my experience, unless the tincture essences of feminine and masculine all the way along that developmental pathway are cleared. Otherwise, you get a lot of shadow crone, which is not what we want. We want that full-bodied crone. The, the limiting belief of the crone is I don't have enough knowledge, influence, or connections. Like there's just some uh, missing this thing that I should have. And the liberating belief there is I am an evolving source of wisdom, love, and power. It's such a different way to live, right? But you have to be willing to do the unhooking from that that energy and what's so beautiful to see right now and we this last program was so obvious these the young women are coming in with with crone so this isn't just about waiting until we're in our 70s and 80s actually this energy is trying to come in right now in women who are waking up um but without any map or healthy sense it's actually quite overwhelming for them there's a lot of wisdom streaming in right now and i'm so uh, glad you mentioned that distinction because when we hear the, you know, because of just our history and just the conditioning around what a crone is, there is that thing, oh, I don't want to be a crone because there's a, there's a perception somewhere deep in our DNA that means you're old or you look like a hag or, you know, you're wasting away and you have no value. But we're talking about the crone energy, this energy that is this, um, how I can't remember how you worded it, but it just, it just seems like this perfect um, blend of the healthy masculine and the healthy feminine. Right. Well, it's actually a yin force. So you could say it's the third face of the feminine, mother, maiden, crone, um, in the way in our system, our sequence. Uh, but it is the first essence that actually is able to bring together yin and yang. So when the crone comes in the psyche, what we found in our research was it was like the last, um, number in the code that opened the channel because all of a sudden you have in your psyche this capacity that knows ah i need more mother right now it's like a mediating function um as well as bringing its own capacities in it is you just know okay right now i need to be silent i need to hold i need to hold i need to hold okay now i need to act it gives us this um incredible capacity, yes, as I said, to bring in another level of wisdom and to, and to have a, a power in ourselves that isn't a power over and to have this beautiful heart open, but not just bleeding into the world and leaving nothing for oneself. Okay. So we are up to the point where we need to go to our second break, but I think this is perfect timing because we're going to leave everyone on the edge of their seats, wondering what the next level of development is if it's not the mother the hero the father or the crone then what is this upgrade um so can we talk about that when we come back absolutely okay so when we come back from the short break we're going to talk about this next level 
of um, evolutionary development that really is calling to all of us right now. So after the short break, we'll be right back with Suzanne Anderson. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Women, are you tired of chasing after your dreams? Exhausted and overwhelmed from trying so hard to have the perfect life? Do you yearn for more ease, freedom, and time to explore what is near and dear to your heart, yet have no idea how to stop pushing forward? Join your host, Lindsay McCowan, and others like you on a journey to awaken the divine feminine. When you awaken the divine feminine, you awaken parts of yourself that have been ignored, lay dormant, put on the back burners, or forgotten. When you fully ignite these aspects of yourself, you awaken your ability to thrive in all areas of your life, including relationships, finances, health, career, and purpose. You stop chasing after life and step into an easeful magnetic flow. You become the magnet that effortlessly attracts joy, love, space to play, abundance, and magic that illuminates your life. Does that sound like the future you? Go to lindsay.tv slash goddess to sign up today. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Lindsay McCowan. Have a question for Lindsay or her guests? Want to share your story? Email Lindsay at thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. That's thrivingunapologetically at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Here again is Lindsay. Hello and welcome back to Women Thriving Unapologetically. I am Lindsay McCowan and we're having an incredible conversation with Suzanne Anderson. And before break, we were talking about the different uh, archetypes that are really important for our developmental um, evolution. And we hopefully left you on the edge of your seat. So you're still with us to hear the the fifth archetype that's going to be coming in. So we talked about the mother, we talked about the hero, the father and the crone. And so what is the next stage or the next archetype, Suzanne? Well, the the five actually are. We got to get. Don't forget the maiden. We have the mother. Oh, I forgot the maiden. Yes. Yeah. The hero, which would which would be interesting to think about because the 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 maiden is about some of what you're looking for, as you described it at the beginning. So I'm forgetting so, about her. I know. Yeah. So father and maiden go together as the second polarity, and the fifth archetype is the crone. When we did the research, we thought the crone was the end. I mean, we thought that's what we were. In fact, we were starting to call programs or use that that naming. But what actually happened was some other way of being started to show itself to us. And we did not have a word for that to describe that. And one day this word just came in through me, which was the word mysterial. <laughs> and um, mysterial is a, it's a made up word. I mean, I made it up, but it's a hybrid of words that we'd been working with, which was this capacity we were seeing for women to really be with the mystery, to be in uncertainty, not as a place of terror, but it's actually a place of creativity and possibility and um, 
that was a really beautiful thing to see because, of course, the new world has to come from the ability to have a space to envision it, which means you have to be willing or able to be with the, the not knowing, right? Mm-hmm. And then we have the other piece of that medial was the other word that came together with mystery, and that is a, um, a word that uh, Tony Wolf came up with, which was, who was Jung's creative muse and uh, analyst in her own right. And that is this ability to bridge between differences, to hold a middle way. And, and the, the word holds much more than just those two things, but the word mysterial began to um, resonate in us. And then actually when it, the, when it came in, uh, it felt like an archetypal energy kind of coming into us. We, we, I was with my co-author, Susan Cannon, and the two of us just felt like we've just named something like, you know, we didn't invent it. We just saw it and we named it and it had this power of kind of landing in the room with us. So um, I'd love to give the eight capacities that we see arising. Can I give you those? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just partly because I want women to listen to these. Often women will say they come into the program, even having read these somewhere and they, they kind of resonate like I want these, but how do you get these? And um, that's the work of the, of the unfolding through each of the archetypes. But uh, so multidimensional knowing, that's one, this capacity. A mysterial has the capacity to embrace paradox. And we can see in our lives why we would need that. Uh, authentic presence. Energy stewardship. We know when to pulse on, when to pulse off. How does it, you know, doing and being. Dynamic mutuality, like what is it really to be in a co-creative we space? Tending the field. Oh, there's a field? There's actually a pattern (laughs) that I could tend? Yes. Um, Influencing system resonance. And unfolding the emergent. How how do you how do you relate to those capacities as I say them or what one maybe stands out to you? The last one, the most. Mm -hmm. And then I can't I can't name why, but when you said it, there was this little like little spark. What do you imagine could be possible, or what is it that even resonates for you? If you did that, unfolded the emergence. It's for me. It's. You know, I do a lot of work around my, my programs about, you know, awaken the divine feminine. And I do, and it's because I've ignored that part of myself so long. So I've been leaning into the Tantra yoga lineage to, and the goddess work to really heal a lot of that, um, that wounding and become more familiar with that part of myself. Yet I don't want to throw out, you know, everything I've, you know, all of my other half of myself. And so it's just this constant, how can I am? you know, emerge, like pull what I've learned that's useful and healthy from one way of doing things in my life and then allowing this this new information to come in and blend them in a way so that they can emerge and through me and I can start to express myself in a way that really lands not just for for me to feel better about myself, like not better about myself, but feel the fullness of who I am because it's a, a deep yearning I have, but really to be able to serve other women yeah. in a way that is really, and I always get teary-eyed when I say that. That's how I know when something's in alignment with me is I start to, to cry. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why does it have to be that? Why can't I just like feel sparkly? 
<laughs> what well, I have to weep. Um, but that's how I what I've come to terms with that guidance. And it's just really creating space for women to step into. And I can't seem I know that I can't do that until I find this emergence um quality in me. Is that am I making sense with that? Oh, no, you are making sense in that. And I think even that you're even that you're trying to find the words for it. This is what we're all doing, you could say, women on the edge of evolution. We're trying to express something that we it's haven't really hard to explain. Yeah. It is. That's right. And and unfolding the emergent the way you're describing it, what, what it makes possible is something new that arises in a timing in co-creative relationship with others that our rational linear mind couldn't imagine. We make space for something else. But to do that, there are lots of fears we have to address in our own bodies and lots of ways in which that seems like well, I should just follow this path that someone else has already been on. And, you know. Yeah. And because it's always so much, it seems always so much easier to follow someone else's path. And I hear this often with coaches that I've hired, like, oh, this person has done it this way and this will work for them. And I was like, it did for them, but it's not, it's not working for me. I can see how it would if I just sacrificed a lot of my really the health of my body and the well-being of my mind. I'm sure if I did it that way, it would work, but I can't do it that way. It doesn't, you know, and I, it, there's something in me that's like, no, that's right. not and it. Learning and learning to honor that. I mean, that's, I mean, really that is our, our work. Um, and, and in the, the first book, the, the way of the mysterious woman upgrading how you live, love and lead, we were really deliberate about putting practices, lots of practices in the book. So, that women who would never find be able to do our programs either because of time or resources, financial resources, um, they could start, you know, there are, there are practices or inquiries that women can be in now, right now. Yeah. And so let me ask you this is why women, because obviously I think, I think there's, you know, men need an upgrade as well, but why, why women? Why do you feel like it's women that are the key to this new? Well, you know, it was interesting when, when I first started this work when, uh, 20 years ago, um, and I was doing the studying in women, the individual psychological development of women. That was my interest. And I met my co-author, Dr. Susan Cannon, and she was completing her PhD as a futurist, looking at how culture, you know, some of the positive scenarios for culture change. And the scenarios kept showing up for her, any of the positive ones with men and women having more feminine capacities, we could say, or feminine ways of being online. That's just what started to, to show up in, in the research. And I, in my own experience, I, I began to see, okay, I'd mostly been working with men in my corporate work because there were very few women at uh, senior leadership levels. But it became quite clear that if it's true that for this, the next impulse of evolution to unfold, the feminine needs to come on board, then women are going to have to play a part in that. You know, right now, it's actually true for men as well. Um, we've, I've always been in the question about do, you know, should some of this work be for men and women? I'm not quite there yet, because I still think there's a sanctuary for women, that's really important um, to come into the into the work, but many men have read the book and find a lot of resonance with 
the polarities and these energies. Now, our, my research was with women, so I know this is a developmental pathway for women. I think it might be similar for men. But certainly there's a place for us right now to come and stand in the world as leaders who are able to bring the this feminine and masculine capacities uh, into union in some new way that I call mysterial. And I feel like if, if we're not able to do that, it's probably not going to happen. Mm. And so we're, you know, we're only have a couple more minutes before the we have to end this amazing conversation. But I really want the listeners to understand a little bit more about the program that you offer and how they can learn more about it. Yeah. Well, one every 18 months, so it's, it's the portal's actually open right now, which is great timing for anyone who's feeling resonance with the work itself. Um, the next program starts in February, February 18th. And, uh, and I would invite you to explore. We have a, we have a, an enrollment process where first of all, go to my website, which is mrwoman.com. And the program page is, is mrwoman.com in emergence program, but you'll find it on the, on my website and, you know, read things, watch the video, see if you feel a resonance here, because not everybody, you know, there are times when we just want self-help. We just want to help the self that is, that's not the work I do. And there are lots of people that do that. I'm not trying to make the self, the current self stay the, stay happy. I'm actually <laughs> going inviting in the work that we do. We invite women to into this inner upgrade and that's a fundamental, you know, transformation. So that's not for everybody, but some people totally will be there. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we welcome a, them. It to, takes a woman that is really, <clears throat> truly feeling that yearning that has that polarity of, okay, the discontent, but yet the yearning and, the, right. and and both of them are a catalyzing force to be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm, I want to step into this space that is truly yeah. transformational and will lead to some really deep, profound shifts that will not only lead to their, their own happiness and, but also really guide that be the guiding force. As you said, like the crone and therefore you'll know the mysterious woman will know wh- where to put her energy and where to put back pull back and have this great wisdom guiding her. So um, I so appreciate you being here, Suzanne. We're at well, the end of the you. show, but please go to Suzanne's website. It's the um, it's mysterialwoman.com. It's a beautiful site. There's incredible testimonials on there and definitely get the book, The Way of the Mysterial Woman, Upgrading How You Live, Love, and Lead. I am devouring it right now. I haven't made it my, all the way through, but uh, it is my goal to get through. Oh, and you make your path by walking. Suzanne has a new book coming out on uh, in June, yeah. and um, you make your you make your path by walking. And so, definitely check that out, and it will be out in June. So, we look forward to hearing more from you, and maybe you'll come back on the show in June to share about the book. I would love to do that. Yeah. Okay. So you've been thank listening. You. Oh, thank you so much, Suzanne. It's been such a pleasure and an honor. So you've been listening to Women Thriving Unapologetically with Suzanne Anderson and myself, your host, Lindsay McCowan. We are here every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And if you want to be part of our Facebook community, we have a Facebook community, Women Thriving Unapologetically, where we live stream in and we continue the conversation throughout the week. So many blessings to all of you and much love. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Women Thriving Unapologetically. We hope we've inspired you to claim your birthright to thrive. 
Tune in next week where we will continue to give you the tools you need to flourish, prosper, and thrive. Until then, have a beautiful week.